This is a unique little book covering a topic that is much overdue for teaching children about our environment. The title is Funny Clouds, A Chemtrail's Tale, written by Raphael O'Neill, illustrated by Sean Gautreaux, and printed by an Amazon company called Great Space. The story is about little Marie and her mom, who go outside to plant a tree. When they finish, little Marie looks up towards the sky to see strange clouds sprayed by jet aircraft. The story is told in rhyme and prose that can inform but also entertain a young reader. I recommend this book because it has an optimistic message without instilling fear. The story ends on a positive note about how responsible people will ultimately succeed in stopping chemtrails by spreading awareness and taking political action. This little book is a valuable tool for adults to educate their children on an extremely important environmental issue. Informed citizens know that chemtrails were described in House Resolution 2977 as an exotic weapon back in 2001. Concerned parents have a right to protect their children from dangerous chemical experiments in our sky. If you're interested in this book, go to PatriotRadioBooks.com. PatriotRadioBooks.com. There's a new bookstore in town. Good morning. It's time to wake up. It's time. Now. It's time to face the day, to seize it. It's time to reclaim your mind and leave behind the lies and cover-ups. Don't deny what is. Deny its power over you. time to go beyond the veil. This already brutal flu season appears to be getting even worse. State health officials now say it's one of the worst seasons in a decade. KPIX 5's Len Ramirez is live in San Jose with how California is getting hit the hardest. Len? That's right, Ken. California is getting uh, hit very hard by this flu. Normally, this time of year, state health officials say there would only be three or four deaths throughout the entire state of California. Already, there are many more than that, and as you said, it is not slowing down. Doctors with the State Department of Public Health say it's still early in the flu season, but it's already having a devastating impact on California. We've had 27 deaths reported to us in people under age 65. Um, we also know that most of those people who have died did not get the flu shot. He says about 30% of the deaths were people who did get the shot. But it's still very early. The numbers are pretty small in terms of figuring out how well the flu vaccine is working. Unfortunately, it's not shocking. Um, we have seen one of the worst flu seasons this year. Dr. David Feldman of Good Samaritan Hospital in San Jose says the flu is causing his emergency room to set records. So we're up about 20% over the last month uh, of historical records in terms of the number of patients coming to the hospital. So not only coming to the emergency department to need emergency care and then being safely discharged home, but the numbers being admitted to the, admitted to the hospital and having to stay in the hospital for periods of time, sometimes prolonged. And so we definitely are, are at capacity. The hospital has had to bring in more nurses and staff people from outside the area to treat the increased number of patients. Although some spot shortages of antiviral medications like Tamiflu have been reported in some pharmacies, Dr. Feldman says there is plenty of medication and vaccine for people who still have not gotten their flu shot. Obviously that's a concern if the flu season continues as strong as it is and as long as it is that there may be uh, some shortages uh, down the road. But right now it seems like we're doing fine and those who need the medication can get the medication. 
and doctors are urging anyone who still has not gotten their flu shot to go ahead and get the shot. It takes about two weeks before the vaccine becomes effective against this flu virus, but they say that there's still a couple of months of flu season left, and even if you do get the flu, uh, because it's unclear how... Uh, effective it is against this particular virus, it will still lessen the severity of the flu that you would get and get you back on your feet about one or two days earlier than if you had not gotten the flu shot. Reporting live in San Jose, Len Ramirez, KPIX 5. You know, people assume that they go and they get their child vaccinated and they're going to be protected even after one shot. But the fact is that even after three or four shots of some vaccines, you're only 65 to 85 percent protected. Even with the measles vaccine, there are between two and 10 percent of people who take that vaccine who never respond to it. So they're called primary non-responders. So they're susceptible. And, you know, the reason they added the second shot, it wasn't for a booster. The second shot was added to that program around 1990 to mop up that 2 to 10 percent who never responded in the first place. But the problem is that those 2 to 10 percent don't really have that much higher of a chance of responding by again. They have somewhat higher, but not a perfect response rate even after that second shot. So, you know, it's a real kind of lack of false, it's a false sense of security that doctors and parents have after vaccines that they are necessarily protected and they're not. And, and even if they do work initially, they're, um, there's no guarantee that they stay, you know, is the more vaccine, you say, for, for instance, the more pertussis vaccines a person gets over their lifetime, the shorter they actually respond to it for the shorter period of time. So us as adults, you know, our protection might last six months to two years, whereas as a child, they just keep giving more and more and more of them, uh, trying to build that immunity. Um, so that's one problem with, um, with this feeling that the vaccines are protected, but you mentioned influenza, and there's a lot. Of, there's there's something that a lot of people are unaware of, and I think this is a really important point to make about influenza vaccines, which is that you're talking about the effectiveness in the year that it's given. Then the following year, there could be a whole three or four new strains of influenza circulating. Well, there's plenty of medical literature and epidemiologic evidence that if you've taken an influenza vaccine on year one, that your risk of contracting influenza on year two is higher, your risk of getting a pandemic strain is higher, and your risk of shedding and spreading the, vac the, um, the virus for longer periods of time is higher as a result of what that vaccine did to your immune system the year before. That's a really important point that I think needs to really be hammered home to people is that even if you are protected that first year that you got the vaccine, it has changed your immune system in such a way that your T cells can't respond using memory response. And so you are actually more susceptible than a person who's never been vaccinated. And that's been proven in medical literature. I speak about this publicly with the references on a regular basis. Flu season typically peaks in February, but public health officials don't know whether it's peaking earlier than usual or if this is a particularly bad year. In the Bay Area alone, there have been 19 reported flu deaths. The hardest hit counties are Contra Costa with six deaths and Santa Clara with five. At this urgent care clinic in San Pablo, they estimate up to 80% of the patients they're seeing this weekend are here because they have some type of flu-like symptoms. Doctors say the best thing to do is just try to prevent the flu, and it's not too late to get a flu shot. In San Pablo, Katie Nielsen, KPIX 5. Is it possible that a false flag could be an attack by a disease? That's what I want to talk about today. I want you to take a look at this L.A. Times article. Here's the headline, okay? California hospitals face a war zone of flu patients and are setting up tents to treat them. Okay, this I saw this article and I started reading it and I just started the, the hair on the back of my neck started standing up because it just rang like total hype and sensationalism. Listen to this line, one of the quotes from this article, hospitals across the state are sending away ambulances, flying in nurses from out of state and not letting children visit their loved ones for fear they'll spread the flu. Others are canceling surgeries and erecting tents in their parking lots so they can triage, triage the hordes of flu patients. 
Okay. So the first thing, you know, as I've said before, what I'm trying to teach you to do is think with a critical mind. We've gotten so used to just listening and reading this type of stuff. We get all freaked out. But here's a, you know, when I read that sentence, here's what my mind said. So let me get this straight. We're flying in nurses from other states to deal with our giant flu epidemic. But see, I'm flying all over the country and they're talking about flu in every state. So why would nurses leave a state where there's already the flu to come to our state where there's the flu? That's already, I have a problem with that. That makes zero sense whatsoever, okay? So there I'm like, okay, that doesn't sound like it's true. And we're erecting tents. I mean, are there people lined around the block? Is that really happening? I would be surprised because look at the flu comes every year. It's fairly contagious. Yes, you feel like crap, but are we talking about this sounds like where the black plague has moved in? And I also know that we're watching more and more articles because what do they want? They want a universal flu shot. All the discussion now by the CDC and scientists, everyone's trying to design the universal flu shot. Why? Because the flu shot sucks. It's totally incapable of protecting anybody. And we all know this year that the current flu shot only protects one out of ten people at best. I'm not even sure how they came up with that number. We're not sure it's, you know protecting anybody so everybody everybody in the pharmaceutical industry is trying to be the ones that come up with a shot that lasts forever that will protect you from the flu forever well how do they get funding to do that they need huge numbers in their emergency rooms they need to bolster their numbers up to make it feel like we are under attack this is the gulf of tompkin folks we better go to war right away just to prove that I, this, this is the background of how this is happening, I want to show you a couple of slides from the CDC that I think you are going to find extremely disturbing. Okay, So on the CDC's website, they have this, this, these slides, and it says, Recipe for Fostering Public Interest and High Vaccine Demand. What they're trying to do is they're trying to say, here's how we're going to get people to use more flu shots. Here's how we're going to inspire them to get behind this. Now, listen, this is coming from the CDC. These are the people that are supposed to care about your health, that are supposed to be objective scientists doing objective scientific work, making sure that every product you're getting is safe. That's what they're supposed to be doing. But look at this. This is in their own words, okay? Now, the first two parts of this were fairly meaningless, explaining what flu is. But look at this. Number three, medical experts and public health authorities publicly state concern and alarm and urge influenza vaccination. Basically, go out, get as many authorities to publicly state concern and alarm, and we'll freak people out. Number four, the combination of two and three result in this. Significant media interest and attention, framing of the flu season in terms that motivate behavior. They're doing this on purpose, folks. They're trying to scare you to motivate your behavior what's the behavior they want they want you to go out and get flu shots they want you to fill up emergency rooms so that the pharmaceutical industry can go to their donors and people say look how much money we're going to make because millions and millions of people are terrified of the flu we can sell this stuff like hotcakes if you just support us look at these numbers in the emergency room it goes on look at this next slide Number five, continued reports from health officials and media that influenza is causing severe illness and or affecting lots of people, helping foster the perception that many people are susceptible to a bad case of influenza. Look at, they're writing this before it's happened. They're putting on their website, here's how you report on it if you want to freak people out and sell them on the false flag of a flu apocalypse. Moving on, number six. Visible, tangible examples of the seriousness of the in individuals, pictures of children, families of those affected coming forward, and people getting vaccinated, the first to motivate the latter to reinforce. And number seven, reference to and discussions of pandemic influenza, along with continued reference to the importance of vaccination. There it is, folks. They just wrote you the blueprint of the flu false flag. I'm calling it out right here. Now, look, it. if we really do, I'm not going to say that somewhere out in our future, we could have a pandemic of some sort. We could have someone drop anthrax on us. I mean, these things are possible in our crazy, you know, terror filled, you know, um, it, I don't even know what to say. I'm, I'm out of words because I'm so blown away by the fact that the CDC admits they're doing this. But I want to show you how it works. I read you the article. And who is that article by? Our friend Sumya Carla Mangla. Okay. 
Not to be confused with Joseph Mengele, by the way. This is a this is a reporter from the Los Angeles Times that clearly does the bidding of the CDC, does the bidding of the pharmaceutical industry, and tries to incite a massive amount of terror. And really, LA Times, I think you should be ashamed, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's think about what the CDC said about how to essentially scare people into submission on the flu. Now watch what you saw in the news. Check it out. We're learning just how severe the flu season is. Bad. It's a real zinger. It's really severe. The flu is up all across Southern California. Large spike in cases, four times greater than what we saw last year at this time. It's the worst I've seen in close to a decade. Emergency rooms are slammed. Wait times at hospitals are through the roof. Paramedics, ambulances, nurses and doctors at hospitals are struggling to keep up with the number of sick patients. Never been this bad. OC Global, it announced that it can no longer accept any ambulances. This is going to be an epidemic year. If you feel sick, especially if there's a fever, Go see a doctor right away. Okay, that's what you just saw taking place in that news piece. That's what you saw L.A. Times writing about. And you know what? I usually just go along with it and say, wow, we have a really bad case of the flu. But we didn't do that this time, did we? No. So what did I ask you to do? What what, what happened? You said, you know what? I don't think this is really happening. Go to those hospitals and see what's going on there. Right. So we had a list of hospitals that were put in the articles that the Mm -hmm. news agencies were talking about. Those included Loma Linda, St. Joseph's, um, Torrance Memorial. Uh, and so I sent you. First yeah. of all, just generally, just tell me about what the first one. You went to first Loma we Linda. Went, well, first hospital we went to was St. Joseph's because it's right by where we live. Okay. And we driving up. And I, honestly, we went first thing in the morning. I thought it was going to be busy. Right. Because I got to deal with the flu. I got to get to work. I mean, yeah. Or you wake on? up, you don't feel good. So we first. And by the way, this is like the next day. We all saw the article. Next yeah. day, you guys drive out there. And yeah. what were you expecting? Did you think maybe I was off base? I thought there might be a lot of people in there because, I, you know, the news is saying if you're sick, go to the hospital. So I thought people would be doing that. Right. So we drive up and we see a tent. And I thought, oh, no, we're going to get busted on this one. I'm sure it's going to be full. Pull up, tent, totally empty. Totally, completely. Totally, empty. totally. Do we have the empty. shot of that? Do we have the yeah, shot of that? Yeah, that's St. Joseph's. So there's, there's the tent. St. Joseph's. Oh, there it is. Look totally at this. empty. Whoa. Oh, my God. Flu apocalypse. They're everywhere. <laughs> right. Look then, at this emergency room. So that's room. the waiting Look room. Look at this. The waiting room. It's <laughs> packed. We're turning people away. We can't do surgeries. We're flying in nurses. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, uh, so that was the first one. Yeah, it turns out St. Joseph's um, ER was is under construction. So oh. that's actually their waiting room. So there literally was no one there. And I was pretending to be looking for my uncle. And they said, oh, well, what's your uncle in here for? I said, oh, he's got the flu really bad. And they said, oh, we probably already discharged him then. Right. Like, like acting it, like it was no like, big deal. Because they're talking about all the beds are being filled. But, like, if you got the flu, they probably just sent him home. <laughs> That's what they said. Right? Yeah. Like, it was just like, so So apparently some, like, a couple doctors stood outside of the hospital and did a huge hype piece on the news. But they didn't tell anybody working inside of the hospital, <laughs> you're supposed to continue this cover-up. Exactly. Okay, so where did we go to next? Uh, so then we went to, uh, we, went, we had somebody go to Oh, Torrance is where we went next. Okay, you went and to Torrance. We, so we drove up to Torrance on the way up to the office, and I thought, well, you know, it's L.A., maybe it'll be busier. So I walked through, actually, the entire hospital looking for the ER. Okay, no one, here it is. But I, I did, okay, so here, that's the ER right there. Those two Look ladies, at that. the lady in the pink shirt and the black shirt, they were actually waiting to have lunch with their friends. So <laughs> they weren't even there to go to the, to go to the doctor, so there was no one there. So what they just so you're thinking, well, there's a couple people here waiting for the flu, and then someone comes to the door, and they're like, "All right, let's go to lunch." Oh, it was someone that worked there. So who says wait for me in the ER waiting room? First of all, <laughs> so I walk as I'm walking out. They go, "Oh, hi! I'm so excited to go to lunch." I thought, "Oh my god!" And okay. so basically, just emptying what little few people were there yes. right in the emergency room, waiting to be handling the flu apocalypse. Okay, yes. what do we have next all to right, look at? Next, this is great. We went to which one you got up there, Loma. Okay. So Loma Linda, I didn't go to because it's too far, but we had who? Trisha. Trisha okay. Went and checked it out. And this is the place with the tent. All right. This is the place with the tent. All right. All here right, we great. go in the ER. What's it going to be? Whoa. Shocker. Oh, my God. People being turned away. Surgery's not being done. <laughs> oh, my God. Totally empty. And then she went and checked out the tent, which was not in use. Do we have a photo of the tent that they actually, they, they even had in their own article? Let's just show what the tent, okay, we got a tent set up for triaging. Remember she said triaging flu patients as though we're in the middle of the Vietnam War. There, yes, it, is. there it is. Oh my God. Oh not my even, God. The only triage even. going there is some janitor that's triaging some dust off of that empty floor in the back corner. Right. I mean, like, you right. just, 
You can't make this up. I mean, seriously, people, do you see these headlines? We're at war. We're triaging. Did yes. we go anywhere else? We went downtown L.A., okay, White downtown. Memorial Medical you Center. you got to imagine downtown. I thought this packed. one was going to be really I mean, you, busy. certainly one of these is going to be really hit yeah. hard, right? So we went to White, and here's what we found. It's shocking. White Memorial. Here You're we are. not going to believe it. Okay. Parking lot. Nothing. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Again, all the empty chairs. We found every empty chair in L.A. And we went to Orange Global, too, which is the one mentioned in the piece where yeah. they were turning away ambulances, which is also right next to our house. And this is what we found. Okay, this is turning away ambulances. Don't come here. We have a flu epidemic that's sweeping our hospital. <laughs> There's there it is. Empty. There it is, folks. That's it. So all we right. found nothing. Found nothing. There you have it, folks. The making of the flu false flag. That's how this thing goes. When you actually report on it, when you actually go and look at what, uh, what's her name again? Car- Sumya Carla Mangla is writing in the Los Angeles Times. She doesn't think, she thinks you're just going to read her article. And LA Times, you should be ashamed of yourself. This is appalling reporting. And by the way, you're scaring people into going to emergency room. You're trying to pack up that emergency room and someone's actually going to have an emergency and you Scream fire, you're trying to fill it. What happens if you succeed in terrifying people, everyone with a fever, everyone feeling crappy? Yes, you feel crappy when you have the flu, but you don't need to be in an emergency room. You need to let people that have been in car accidents, that are having heart attacks, that are having serious trauma get through that ER. And instead, Los Angeles Times, you're fear mongering and risking real tragedy for people that do have an emergency. So shame on you, LA Times. Shame on you, Sumya. Carla Mangla, thanks for reporting yeah, on this. My pleasure. So now we know exactly how hospital ICU bed shortages and flu outbreak propaganda, false flag propaganda, rolls out, don't we? Now, don't get me wrong, this doesn't mean that the flu this year is not the worst, uh, that it's been in a few years, um, that it's, you know, not a thing to have to deal with, that it doesn't take longer to get over, that it's not deadlier in some, um, in some people it is deadlier. And, and we have to ask ourselves why. Well, first thing I can think of is flu recipients tend to believe in the flu shot and so therefore try to keep up with it year after year. The science, uh, the latest research... Flu shot weakens immune response. Okay, and it's not just because this is an attorney's website here uh, that they're chasing ambulances, but this is this is because they know they they know they can make money on this. They don't take cases they can't make money on because it's it's a slam dunk. Vaccine industry in panic mode as vaccinated children keep dying from the flu all across America. And ironically, flu deaths up in California amid concern over vaccine. Gee, what is one of the more uh, vaccinated populations, or at least the more militant about their vaccine policies and pushing vaccines on everybody in the population? California recently withdrew the rights of parents to get a public school education if they didn't vaccinate their children. And a lot of people have decided to homeschool. Now they're they're trying to go in for the homeschoolers too. They're not done. They're not done until they get every last one. Um, so we must remain militant as mandatory vaccine groups are starting to sweep across Europe with much backlash. But still, France is now going to be giving mandatory vaccines this year. Actually, I was going to say next year, but no, we're in 2018 now. So. Um, their mass protests have been in Italy and, and, um, oh God, we covered it in other shows. I can't remember now. I hate to say this, but it was, was it Poland that had mass protests? Like millions of people in the streets for eight days and they pushed it back. Sweden pushed it back. Um, but they still want that those agenda is still there and they're trying to sell it. They're trying to sell it. But there are flu deaths. Now we'll, we'll see. I mean, can we really, Trust the numbers that we are getting. Can we trust anything anymore? That's that's a big question. You know, we, we, you can you know you can only cry wolf or, or lie to the people so many times. Um, there's always a lot of hype, but yeah, I mean, this is the the flu is is deadlier 
now. And it's more virulent. But it's not necessarily sweeping across the country, flooding the hospitals either. This this is a, a light bit of peppering propaganda. I mean, it's an outright lie. You saw the hospitals. They were empty. But having said that, we are under constant chronic assault, chemical assault. From our food, from our environment, from the vaccines. And so it is more for our filter system to keep up with. And a lot of people, like even some of these athletes, are like dropping dead with the flu. Um, you know, that you work out, you get a lot of lactic acid and a lot of, you know, waste material you need to get out. You're, you're clogging up your, your lymphatic system, has a hard time keeping up with just all the toxins. And you compound that with a regular flu shot. Oh, my God. He said it confirms flu vaccine really does increase your risk of serious pandemic flu illness. In March last year, ABC News reported there is renewed controversy surrounding influenza vaccines with some studies showing people immunized against the seasonal flu might have been at greater risk during the swine flu outbreak. Okay, this is back a while. A new study we talked about on Wednesday it has a lot of pregnant women wondering if it's safe to get their annual flu shot. NBC medical contributor Dr. Natalie Azar is here to address the concerns. Natalie, good morning to you. What was the headline exactly and can we take it at face value? The headline is that flu vaccine in early pregnancy could increase the risk of miscarriage. So what this study was, was a case study from a couple of years ago. They followed pregnant women over two flu seasons. What they found was that women vaccinated early in pregnancy with this particular strain called the H1N1, you might remember that pandemic from a few years ago, who had also received the vaccine the year prior were at increased risk for miscarriage one to 28 days after the vaccination. Now, to say from the outset... There was no way to quantify this risk, so they're not saying that there's an increased percentage probability of this happening. Um, this was uh, not a cause and effect. We talk about this often, that it's an association, a potential link, but does not prove causation. And in research, this is something called a safety signal. So it's not definitive. It's a finding that warrants further study and conversation. Okay, and that's complicated, but let's mm -hmm. bottom line it because there are a lot of pregnant women who will be told by yep. the doctors, mm -hmm. go get your flu shot. Okay, should they still do that and when? Yes. Okay. So affirmatively, CDC, which funded the study, as well as the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecologists, strongly continue to endorse the flu vaccine at any time during pregnancy. Previous, lots of data, former studies, as well as ongoing studies, have demonstrated the safety of the flu vaccine. And remember, too, that influenza it, uh, I should say pregnant women are much more vulnerable to serious complications from influenza. And the best strategy for protecting your newborn is to have a vaccine during pregnancy because infants can't get the vaccine um, until they are six months, uh, yes, six months of age. So are there some long-term studies that are going to be going into effect now to see if there really is a link between these there two? There is an ongoing study right now. Uh, that covers the seasons 2012 to 2015 that we'll be reporting on hopefully in 2018 and 2019. But again, the bottom line, based on all the previous, the, the vast literature, is that flu vaccine is not only recommended during pregnancy, but is safe during pregnancy. And real quickly, taking it past pregnant women, flu vaccines are available right now. You recommend everybody get one? Everybody who's a candidate for the flu vaccine should get the flu vaccine to create herd immunity to protect those who cannot get it. Mm -hmm. It's the season now. Yes. That's important information. Thank you. Thanks very much. In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade. That's what we were told. Most Americans never believed Lee Oswald was the lone gunman for excellent reasons. In fact, there were at least six shooters who fired from eight to ten shots or more who are identified here. We have, finally, the solution to the greatest murder mystery in history, laid out for the world to see proof after proof after proof. Photos were faked, the body was changed, x-rays were altered, the home movies were fixed. Fifteen experts contribute to a 529-page book with 1,037 photos and diagrams in black and white and color. 
Hi, this is Gary King. If you'd like JFK, who, how, and why, and would like to support the new JFK show, then go to PatriotRadioBooks.com. That's PatriotRadioBooks.com. Wow, he's still selling that vaccine, even though, even though, oopsie poopsie, 4,250% increase in fetal deaths reported to VAERS after a flu shot given to pregnant women. 4,250% increase in fetal deaths. Not only did the CDC fail to disclose the spiraling spike in fetal death reports in real time during the 2009 pandemic season as to cut the fetal losses, but also we have documented by transcript Dr. Marie McCormick, chairperson of the Vaccine Safety Risk Assessment Working Group, WG on September 3rd, 2010, denying any adverse events in the pregnant population during the 2009 pandemic season. Hiding life or death evidence. Because the H1N1 pandemic vaccine has never been tested on the pregnant population. To emphasize their point, Dr. Renee Taco present their data to the CDC headquarters in Atlanta, Georgia. The CDC's Dr. Shimbakuru gave a presentation on significant adverse reactions to the H1N1 vaccine, such as cases of Guillain-Barre syndrome, which appeared to have risen 3%, claiming it as an insignificant signal. No mention at all were made of the adverse events related to pregnant women. Unfortunately for Dr. Shiman Bakuru, whose attempts to pull the wool over the eyes of the audience were foiled when he was challenged by a member of the audience asking if the vaccine caused adverse events in pregnancy. Feeling cornered, he reluctantly looked in his bag and sheepishly presented a slide that corroborated the NCWW data, confirming that the CDC knew of the spike in fetal deaths in the fall of 2010. So why did Dr. Shimbakuru have a slide containing compromising evidence in his bag? Why did he decide to hide the slide? Surely if he had prepared a slide outlining this crucial data, it would have made a sense to include the slide in this presentation. After all, a 4,250% increase in fetal deaths is far more significant than a 3% increase in Guillain-Barre syndrome. Anyways... So the hardest hit this round of flu and, and the, the hardest hits regularly are the elderly population. And that's the 65 and older crowd. And for them, there is a special vaccine called Fluad that they're pushing now. The flu at 65 plus. I mean, it looks like it's party time here. You get fluid, you can keep in the game. Yes, I'm in the game. Immune enhancing, it contains an immune enhancing ingredient that can help provide a strong immune response to the flu. You can always read your um adverse reactions, but let's get let's get a little more detail here. Securious Fluad, new flu, flu vaccine for seniors 65 and over. The Food and Drug Administration has approved a new flu vaccine, specifically geared for patients aged 65 and over. The Securus Fluad is the first flu vaccine to include an adjuvant, a compound that helps vaccines work more effectively. Okay, so Fluad has been used in other countries since 1997 and is currently in use in 38 other countries. It should be available for distribution in the United States in 2016. Securus, the maker of Fluad, is a new company that formed through the merger of drug giant Novartis Vaccine Department and BioCSL and other flu vaccine makers. Securus is now considered to be one of the leading vaccine manufacturers in the world. According to NBC News, Fluad is expected to work at least as well as the current vaccines on the market and may improve a person's ability to fight off the flu. Squalene, the adjuvant found in Fluad, is an oil and water-based additive that is said to improve the vaccine's performance. Sequiris says an adjuvant will help to increase the availability of the vaccine by increasing supply. Fluad was approved by the FDA using an accelerated acceptance process. That means they skip the testing phase. Then they go right into dishing it out. There has been some controversy in Italy, however, as officials banned use of the vaccine after 19 post-vaccination deaths. The deaths were later said to not be related to the vaccine. It never is, is it? 
if you leave it to them. On the Fluad insert, it notes that if Guillain-Barre syndrome has occurred within six weeks of previous influenza vaccination, the decision to give Fluad should be based on careful consideration of the potential benefits and risks. Squalene. Uh, is this the safety availability vaccine safety? FDA website. Okay, you gotta make sure you don't get any anaphylactic reactions. My mother got one too, the tetanus shot one time, almost died. My grandmother uh, was in the percentage of the population that had spikes of breast cancer increase after getting the polio shot. She was in that number. They were gonna give it to the Russians, but they gave it to millions of Americans and allies as well. Vaccination with fluad may not protect all vaccine recipients against influenza disease. Well, yeah, so adverse reactions. There's all your typical, right, injection site pain, tenderness, um, this pain, there's tenderness that's very swelling, any, okay. Myalgia, fatigue, headache, arthralgia, chills, uh, diarrhea, fever, nausea, vomiting. Okay, we don't know how much of that overlaps or what. You know, how many people have multiple symptoms. Okay, serious adverse events and deaths. In the study one, in which subjects were followed for SAEs and deaths for one year following vaccination, Percentage of subjects with an SAE were similar between vaccine groups. 7% fluad versus 7% agriflu. With a sudden adverse event or similar between vaccine groups. Fluad versus agriflu. So they're saying it's just as dangerous as um, ooh, serious adverse events and deaths. 7%. That's kind of high. <laughs> I don't know if I want to take that risk. Oh my God. There were 98 deaths over one year of which none occurred within the first 21 days following vaccination. So then you have that. You have that. You're out of luck, sister, brother. If you die outside of the window that they may consider taking responsibility for, may consider because they are absolved of liability. The liability falls on you dear soul. Not them. Never them. Um, safety of annual revaccination. In the five of the randomized controlled trials, subjects were followed for SAEs and death for six months following revaccination. After the second annual vaccination, the percentage of the subjects with an SAE were similar between vaccine groups. 6.1 fluad versus 5.5 comparative influenza vaccine. So, there's another death number for revaccination. Okay. Causes of death included cardiovascular events, malignancy, trauma, gastrointestinal disorders, and respiratory failure. Clinical characteristics of the deaths included the variable causes, timing since vaccination, and underlying medical conditions do not provide evidence for a causal relationship with fluad. Mm. Uh, blood and lymphatic system disorders, general disorders and administration site conditions, and extensive swelling of injected limb lasting more than one week, injection site cellulitis-like reactions, allergic reactions including anaphylactic shock, anaphylaxis, and angioedema, muscular weakness, encephalomyelitis, Guillain-Barr syndrome, convulsions, neuritis, neuralgia, paresthesia, syncope, presnicope, skin and subcutaneous tissue disorder, generalized skin reaction, including arrhythmia, multiform, urticaria, pruritus, or nonspecific rash, vascular disorders, vasculitis with transient renal involvement. So there's yeah, so, I mean, what is the uh, mechanism in action? M5F9 is an immune adjuvant that uses squalene. It is Novartis's proprietary adjuvant that is added to influenza vaccines to help stimulate the human body immune response through production of CD4 memory cells. 
MF59 is an immunologic adjuvant that uses squalene. It is Novartis's property adjuvant that is added to influenza vaccines to help stimulate the human body's immune. MF59 is the first oral and water influenza vaccine adjuvant to be commercialized in combustion combination with a seasonal influenza virus vaccine. ASO3 is another squalene-based adjuvant. Squalene is a natural 30-carbon organic compound originally obtained for commercial purposes, primarily for shark liver oil, hence its name is squalus, is a genus of sharks. Although plant sources, primarily vegetable oils, are now used as well, including amaranth seed, rice bran, wheat germ, and olives, yeast cells have been genetically engineered to produce commercially useful quantities of synthetic squalene. And that's what we're talking about. All plants and animal products produce squalene as a biochemical intermediate including humans it occurs in high concentrations in the stomach oil of birds in the order procellary forms squalene is a hydrocarbon and triterpene and is a precursor for synthesis of all plant and animal sterols including cholesterol and steroid hormones in the human body it is present in the form of an emulsion and is added to make the vaccine more immunogenic however the mechanism of actions remains unknown Switching on a number of genes that partially overlap with those activated by other adjuvants. How these changes are triggered is unclear to date. No receptors responding to MF59 have been identified. Fluid developed by Chiron, which contains about 10 milligrams of squalene per dose, has been approved by health agencies and used in several European countries for seasonal flu shots since 1997. An influence of vaccine using MF59 as an adjuvant has been approved for uh, use in the U.S. in those 65 years of age and older, beginning in 2016-17 flu season. 2009 meta-analysis assesses data from 64 clinical trials of influence of vaccine in the squalene containing adjuvant MF59 and compared them to the effects of vaccines with no adjuvant. The analysis reported that the adjuvant vaccines were associated with slightly lower risks of chronic disease that neither type of vaccines altered the rate of autoimmune diseases. Now, there's a reason for that, guys. The authors concluded that their data supports the good safety profile associated with MF59 adjuvated influenza vaccines and suggests that there may be a clinical benefit over non-MF59 containing vaccines. There have been attempts to link squalene to gulf worm syndrome, mainly due to the idea that squalene might have been present in an anthrax vaccine given to some military personnel during the 1991 Persian Gulf War. Studies found that deployed Persian Gulf War syndrome patients were significantly more likely to have antibodies to squalene than asymptomatic Gulf War veterans. The first of these published results concluded with a following statement. It is important to note that our laboratory-based investigations do not establish that squalene was added as an adjuvant to any vaccine used in military or other personnel who served in the Persian Gulf War era. Second publication, however, links the incidence of anti-squalene antibodies in Gulf War syndrome to five specific lots of vaccine. Furthermore, they cite, result, they cite results of 1999 testing by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, which found these specific lots of vaccine to contain squalene. In response to these results, a committee of the U.S. Institute of Medicine stated that the committee does not regard this study as providing evidence that the investigators have successfully measured antibodies to squalene, since the authors did not perform the normal scientific controls needed to show that their test was specific to anti-squalene antibodies. It has also been determined that the anthrax vaccine given to those U.S. military personnel did not use squalene as an adjuvant. The vaccines were also tested for squalene, and none were detected with standard methods. Another method found no squalene in 37 of the 38 lots tested. One lot contained traces of squalene, at least at less than 10 parts per billion, which is about 1/30th the level found in human blood. The FDA stated that this trace of squalene probably came from a fingerprint since the oils on human skins contain enough squalene to send these extremely sensitive tests off the chart. Okay, I'm trying not to gag here and I'm biting my tongue. A later study reported that about 1 in 10 people have squalene antibodies in their blood, regardless of whether or not they receive squalene from a vaccination. A later study confirmed this result and also showed that vaccination with squalene-containing vaccines do not alter the levels of these naturally occurring antibodies 
A third study showed that these naturally occurring antibodies were no more common in Gulf War veterans than in the general population. The squalene adjuvant influenza vaccine that was given in Scandinavia and Europe in 2009 could cause narcolepsy, a disorder of wakefulness. It was rare, just 1 in 15,000 or 1 in 50,000, depending on the country, but significant. An epidemiology analysis of safety data of MF59 seasonal and pandemic influenza vaccines showed no evidence of increased risk of vaccine adverse events of potential autoimmune origin. All right, time out. What? I'm just getting started. That's fine. Being president reveals who you are. The truth gets buried under an avalanche of money. We've lost our imagination. I break bones in them. We will serve our veterans as well as they've served us. Don't wait no more. Friendly fire through a needle. It was worse than being raped. This was not safe for pregnant women. She passes away from autoimmune disease from a vaccine that she should have never had. How do you know if the vaccine really worked? I mean, this experimental vaccine, the same one they injected into the soldiers. They're criminals. Many of which are suffering serious side effects, you know, Gulf War syndrome. This is not a terrorist attack from an unseen enemy. The enemy is us doing harm to our own. If we ignore this, perhaps we are all guilty of terrorism. No, this is nothing new, huh? No, no. So now they want to give it to our elderly. Gee, I wonder why. I mean, mass kill off of uh, seniors is nothing new from vaccine. Deja vu. More than 100 seniors died after receiving this flu shot given by pharmacies. This was another one. Flu zone. It's the co the competitor for flu ad. But how do they how do they get away with some of these studies? Like just deceiving us. So how aren't there studies that prove this stuff is safe? Okay. Alright, and this is what, what these wise asses did, okay? Alright, we saw all these people dying and being severely injured by Gardasil. So they said, okay, let's do a study and show them how the, these, these deaths are not related to the Gardasil vaccine itself. So what they did is they did a trial where they had one group of women do the Gardasil vaccine and then one got the placebo. But, you know, the placebo should have been something just like saline, right? It shouldn't have been anything else. Let me tell you what they did. They put mass amounts of this aluminum hydroxyphosphate sulfate in the um, placebo. Oh, no. Yeah, because they knew that's what was one of the things that was hurt, hurting them along with the live virus. And I think there was, when you go look, you can see how false the study is. When you go look at it, they say, you see, just as many people died from the placebo as they died from the, um, from the actual cortisol vaccine itself. Wow, what a way to skew. Right. Well, anyway, um, so so 
said is they told pharma, hey, you guys got to do a study that vaccine proves that vaccines don't cause autism. Well, you're telling the people that know their vaccines cause autism to do the study, right? First of all, that's not smart at all. Um, they're not intelligent people. And then um, they went to to an orphanage in South America that was on the coastal region. And this orphanage, they were so far at this orphanage, they relied on fish and they ate like large fish like shark on a daily basis. Shark flying mercury. And none of these kids had been vaccinated and they said, you see, there's kids in this, in this orphanage and a lot of them have autism, but none of them have been vaccinated. So that means that the vaccines aren't causing autism. Oh, man. They get away with this. That's the only study out there to prove that vaccines don't cause autism. That, and that wasn't a fair population sample. Right. They were already disadvantaged. Hey everyone, Dr. Dale here. I want to convince you that this is a two-headed coin. But what I'm going to do is every time I flip it, that one was heads. I'm going to tell you what it was. Well, that time I'm not going to tell you. That's heads. Not going to tell you that one either. That's heads. If I flip this coin 100 times but only gave you 50% of the results, I could basically convince you that is a two-headed coin. But the reality is, you'd be an idiot for believing me. See, that right there is representation that Dr. Ben Goldacre actually gave uh, uh, the world about getting a drug approved through the FDA. He said, at this current moment, believing drug companies is something no one should do. See, a lot of people ask me why I don't trust drug companies. Well, they do things like this. They withhold trial data, they withhold evidence knowing a drug will kill children, submit a portion, a small portion of their trial data, get it approved by the FDA, make billions of dollars on the drug, meanwhile it has no benefit whatsoever, yet takes someone's life. I do not respect that in any way. Anyway, I got this from my neurology department today never before in the past remember what I told you yesterday about what my cardiologist told me I get this email and at the top of it is a big blue box that says CDC flu fact the flu fact is in bold white letters it's on a blue box all right it says, flu vaccination can reduce flu illnesses, doctor's visits, and missed work and school due to flu, as well as prevent flu-related hospitalizations. The green box next to it says, CDC flu fact. The flu vaccine does not cause flu illness. The viruses in the flu shot are inactivated, i.e. killed, which means they cannot cause infection. Hmm. Does anybody say we believe these things? The first one for sure does, is, it's not true, and they know it. This year's flu vaccine, at least, we can say for sure is not working. So why are they sending out this notice? It says, hello, thank you for choosing, I guess I can say it, UAB Neurology for your recent health care needs. Flu vaccinations are an important part of healthy living and recommended for almost all adults. Up to 56,000 people die each year. Now pay attention to that. It goes along with the second thing I'm going to read. Up to 56,000 people die each year from the flu virus in the U.S. In the U.S. Now I've always believed these statistics before. I had no reason to doubt it. 
flu vaccinations reduce the likelihood of getting the flu by more than 50%. Hmm. Reduce the likelihood of getting the flu by more than 50% and can decrease the severity of the flu if you happen to get it after the vaccination. Hmm. Goes on to say, please notify UAB Neurology of when in bold red letters and where also bold red letters you received the flu vaccination if you have been vaccinated after August 1st of 2017. You can notify us via phone at, and they give a number, or you can log in to your patient portal at uabmedicine.org slash me and send us a message through the portal to your care team. If you have not, in all caps, N-O-T, received the flu vaccination, we strongly encourage you to contact your primary care doctor or local pharmacy to set up a time to receive the vaccination as part of our mission to promote wellness and good health. Please notify us once you have had the vaccination, including the time and location. Alternatively, you can come to the UAB Flu Clinic on the second floor of the Kirkland Clinic anytime between 7.30 and 4.45 p.m. to receive the flu vaccination. No appointment necessary. Goes on to say, flu vaccinations are very important to your health, and because we stand by our recommendations, all UAB employees get a vaccination every year. Okay. I tried to write him back, but it was returned. This is a, one of them let emails that doesn't receive emails back. I said, you have to be kidding me. We all know that the flu vaccine is not working this year. I am sick for over 27 years now due to the adjuvants in the Hep B vaccine. I have done my research and will never, ever take another flu shot. Not ever. Because I used to when I was a nurse. And you people need to stop pushing these toxins on everyone. Blah, 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 blah. Well, it came back to me. So much for that. Alright, let me go back to my inbox. I saved this. The subject bar is Stop the Lies. 30,000 people are not dying from the flu in the U.S. each year. This was put out in October, October 23rd, 2015. Now, all right, that was just two years ago because they take the statistics from the year before, not currently, usually. This is, and this is according to the numbers provided directly from the CDC, it goes on to say, and there's a link that you can go look at yourself, the lies need to stop. We talk about evidence-based practice, so let's look at what the evidence says. As of today's date, there are, and that's, this is 2015 now, there were 322,014,008 people living in the USA. And then there's a link to census.gov that you can go look and see if that number's right. It goes on to say the CDC says that during September 28, 2014 through May 23, 2015, World Health Organization, or the WHO, and National Respiratory and Enteric Virus Surveillance System collaborating laboratories in the United States tested 691,000 
952 specimens for influenza viruses. 18% were positive. All right, so there were only 125,462 cases of confirmed influenza for last year's flu season in the United States. Out of 322,014,008 people, this accounts for 0.0004% of the population that actually had confirmed influenza and not just flu-like illness. Furthermore, the CDC states that out of these cases, 17,911 total hospitalizations resulting from influenza during October 1st, 2014 through April 30th, 2015. So if only 17,911 people are hospitalized, interesting numbers, how on earth can 30,000 people be dead of the US, in, uh, in the U.S. of influenza? You see how they hype up the numbers to scare people into getting it? Anyway, I'm going to end this here. I just thought it was worth sharing. Okay, I plead the blood of Jesus over this video because I think it's important. The more you let people know, don't take the vaccines. Stop taking them. Even if the flu, even if it's not causing the flu, what else could it be doing? It's the adjuvants, the additives, the detergents, the toxins, the heavy metals that's doing the harm. Okay? I, I just hope you can get your loved ones to understand a lot of people think we're all just crazy conspiracy theorists. Well, all you can do is tell them, all right? And if they choose to take it, I mean, it's already January. Most people have had it already if they're going to take it. But some may rush to go get one now that Alabama is under a state of emergency. Oh, my, I better go get one. Well, maybe it's not too late for you to share this information. With that, I'll say goodbye for now, and I will talk to you later. This has been your tour guide beyond the veil, Raphael O'Neill, thanking you for traveling with us. This is a unique little book covering a topic that is much overdue for teaching children about our environment. The title is Funny Clouds, A Chemtrail's Tale, written by Raphael O'Neill, illustrated by Sean Gautreaux, and printed by an Amazon company called Great Space. The story is about little Marie and her mom, who go outside to plant a tree. When they finish, little Marie looks up towards the sky to see strange clouds sprayed by jet aircraft. The story is told in rhyme and prose that can inform but also entertain a young reader. I recommend this book because it has an optimistic message without instilling fear. The story ends on a positive note about how responsible people will ultimately succeed in stopping chemtrails by spreading awareness and taking political action. This little book is a valuable tool for adults to educate their children on an extremely important environmental issue. Informed citizens know that chemtrails were described in House Resolution 2977 as an exotic weapon back in 2001. Concerned parents have a right to protect their children from dangerous chemical experiments in our sky.
If you're interested in this book, go to PatriotRadioBooks.com. PatriotRadioBooks.com. There's a new bookstore in town. This is a unique little book covering a topic that is much overdue for teaching children about our environment. The title is Funny Clouds, A Chemtrails Tale, written by Raphael O'Neill, illustrated by Sean Gautreaux, and printed by an Amazon company called Great Space. The story is about little Marie and her mom, who go outside to plant a tree. When they finish, little Marie looks up towards the sky to see strange clouds sprayed by jet aircraft. The story is told in rhyme and prose that can inform but also entertain a young reader. I recommend this book because it has an optimistic message without instilling fear. The story ends on a positive note about how responsible people will ultimately succeed in stopping chemtrails by spreading awareness and taking political action. This little book is a valuable tool for adults to educate their children on an extremely important environmental issue. The informed citizens know that chemtrails were described in House Resolution 2977 as an exotic weapon back in 2001. Concerned parents have a right to protect their children from dangerous chemical experiments in our sky. If you're interested in this book, go to PatriotRadioBooks.com. PatriotRadioBooks.com. There's a new bookstore in town.